Hello and welcome back to the She Invest podcast with your hosts. I am Allie Fugit. And I'm your host, Carrie Douglas. And we are She Invest. And we are so happy to be back. Um, we have been gone for a little bit, um, taking some much needed uh, vacation um, and just like kind of filling it out like Carrie's kids went back to school. Um, so just trying to end the summer on a positive note for everybody and um, take some personal care time. So we're excited to be back. We are excited for um, our upcoming lineup of guests as well in the future. Um, and yeah, so we're just we're really excited to discuss uh, some updates and some things that have been going on in both of our worlds. Yeah, yeah. lots has happened since we yeah. talked last. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is um, we actually interviewed Stephanie Thorpe a few weeks ago. And she shared about her resort in St. Croix. And Allie, you and Kyle were just there last week on an anniversary trip at their resort. And so I want to know what you saw there, um, what you plan to take back and implement at your property, and like what were your awarenesses and aha moments. And I know you were probably trying to enjoy relaxation, but in the mind of an entrepreneur, we're never going to not take the opportunity to learn something that we can take back with us. So I know you were probably thinking about that as well. So tell, tell me what, what you thought about while you were there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, was super excited to go just because I felt like kind of connected to their story and uh, everything they've been through. Um, so when I went, um, first of all, it is beautiful. That was my first time at St. Croix. We went with no expectations. Um, but it was just so cool to like be in, um, someone else's investment and get to see the ins and outs of everything that they're doing. Um, and I love to see like their phases of work that they have going on. Um, but the, I think the biggest things I brought back is like the community that they've created within, um, within, you know, just the resort itself with their employees was really nice. Like everyone spoke so highly of them. The employees got along pretty well from what we've seen. Um, and I, another thing was that the employees love to come there on their day off. And I just thought that mm. that was so encouraging and what, what a cool community that you have and that you've created that your employees even want to be there when they don't have to be. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was amazing. So kudos to Stephanie um, and Jimmy. Um, you guys have done an amazing job with that. Uh, the other thing that I loved is we just got to live like a local. And in doing so, we spent a lot of time speaking to the locals, especially the ones that came to the resort. And mm -hmm. just the love that the locals and the actual community loves, like for the project that they're doing. Um, is phenomenal. People love um, what they have coming and, and what they're planning to do, what they've already done. Um, and the locals are a big part. And Jim, Jimmy and Stephanie have done a great job of like, um, again, creating that community with the community. Um, so they host like, even in their off season, they are hosting um, bingo nights and Aww. karaoke nights and all of that. And it is a massive um, attraction for the locals there. And I just thought that was so cool that um, they really are doing their part and they've done their due diligence for what 
the community wants. And um, what a just, cool way to engage people during the off season. Like there are yeah. some places that like shut down during the off season and, and maybe not there, but, but it's just like, instead of having it like, Oh, we're going to go down to minimal staff. We're going to, you know, just like streamline things just to get through the off season, like way to thrive in that time. That's so neat. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah so I just thought like that was just amazing. Um, and it gave me really great um, ideas too to bring back for, for the project that we have working on, because I'm like, that's a big drive for us too, because of the gentrification that the area that we're in is going through. So it was like, this could be a really cool thing for us to kind of bring in, like, Maybe not um, because they do like for theirs, they have like a whole schedule and like, you know, like, um, I mean, they even have things like to bring people into their restaurant on the resort. They have like steak night and like, oh, my God, chef there does an amazing steak. And so I can see why people come um, on steak night, but like they have something going on like every night. And so I thought that that was just amazing, whether the people were coming to just use the beach, because what I learned there was that every beach is public. So you can't like not allow someone to come to the resort. Like if they're coming for the beach, they can come and go as they please. Um, but when they come, they're just like giving them all this entertainment and even the locals. And I just thought that was cool. So um, Kyle and I've had discussions about bringing some of that back into the project that we're working on and um, like offering that I, I, we have the perfect outdoor space to do it um especially even in the off season to offer something for the locals and to bring definitely more um traction to the location that's so great i love it cool but it was a good trip overall right did you also get some relaxation uh yes yes if you guys have ever not been to st croix and you're thinking about it um go live like a local it is so low-key they Everything closes early, so it, like, really forces you to, like, actually take that time and get the rest that you need, um, and as well as, like, the food is amazing everywhere we went, so um, go and just eat, be happy, and get summer. Awesome. Love yeah. It. Um, so the second thing I wanted to ask about, um, you and I chatted a little bit earlier about standards and how we hold ourselves to really high standards for the properties that we work on, whether it's our, you know, short-term rental properties, whether it's houses we're fixing and flipping. Um, but you've experienced as you're transitioning into the commercial space that the standards are a little different and, and maybe you can relieve some of the pressure on yourself to like have, have that high level of finishings and things. So, um, I want to hear about how you either are planning to do things differently or what you would have done differently now that you're kind of learning that space. Yeah, no, that's uh, great. And I think that that's a huge thing is um, we've went like over this past year and we've just like toured a bunch of different places um, because this is like, this is new for us. And also it's not just new that we are entering the hotel space. We're also new at, renovating a commercial space versus a single family home. Um, so just a new class and um, learning the standards that are different and like what's acceptable and what's not. And so uh, I, you know, spoke to you earlier about uh, as an example, um, you know, when you're going through and you're trying to save time and money on these projects and like do things that look great, but um, also can like, not, not cause you as much stress on, um, your project timelines and everything. 
one of the things that we've learned is um, instead of doing like base um, trim and base molding um, is that that's not something that is necessarily standard in a hotel where we again came from that single family mindset of like it is standard in a home um but there are ways to be faster more efficient um especially when it comes to you doing these larger projects so using something like cove base um uh, to do um your trim on the floors um and then molding and um you know actually like sealing the top with some type of uh, trim is not necessary around the tops of the drywall um, that's what we did, um, which caused like our crown molding, right? Yes. Okay. And what, and what we, and that's what we did for the whole project. But then as we've gone and we viewed these other projects, we realized like, oh my gosh, like our guys wasted so much time, um, measuring, cutting, you know, um, having to get the ends at the right angle. So it, you know, mm -hmm. meshes well with the other walls. And, um, there was just a lot that we could have saved time on. And, um, that was one of them. And so, um, the other thing was like, like standards at which, um, like your, the bathroom that you do, like, um, we really want to create a nice bathroom. You want to create a nice space. And, but in the beginning, when I'm like going through and like trying to make decisions, you have to get, you know, all of your, uh, estimates ahead of time and for your project. And, I was just getting all this feedback and they were like, no, you can't use that tile. You can't use that flooring. You can't like whatever. And I was just like going through this project. First of all, we saved $40,000 by not using LVP. Okay. Mm. Like for those of you listening, like let that sink in. We saved $40,000 because, but in the beginning, I was probably going to be spending 60 or 70,000 more than what I spent because I was trying to go with a higher grade LVP that was going to have enough cushion for, because we were worried about sound and we're worried about comfort and all this stuff. When in the end we used a, um, and it's not a laminate flooring, but it's LVT. a LVT. You use LVT, LVT yes. right? Yes. So that LVT. one glues to the, to the floor, but you have to have a really level concrete floor. So it's not for every project, but in yes. your situation, that was like a really awesome discovery, right? Exactly. And saved me so much money from, I was going to be going with a flooring color that I didn't want that was more expensive because we felt like we had to because of the education we were getting from people that really weren't the right people we needed to get. So, um, but again, we thought that was standard. We thought that coming from single family home, LVP is kind of like what's preached. It's the new thing. And we thought again, that would be the standard and it's not. So I think, um, the biggest lesson is just like connecting with people and asking the right questions and don't be afraid to ask those questions because, I think going into this, there's that, like, there's a little bit of the anxiety about like, everybody knows I don't know what's going on. Um, so I don't want to ask them directly about like the specific things they did, because then they'll really know I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah for sure. And I think sometimes, um, like, I tend to get frustrated when other people are asking questions about the minutiae. Like, why are you so caught up in the minutiae? Like big picture, this is going to be fine. So then when I have a question that's about the minutiae, I'm like embarrassed about it. I'm like, yes. why am I overthinking what type of mattress I need? Like, why is that even on my mind? Yes. So 
Yes. Sometimes it's embarrassing to share. Yes. And, and you know what? It's just like, I, I just got caught up and like, I felt like I was like going to the right people to ask what the industry standards were. And these are just people that were trying to sell me stuff. And, but I thought that they were experts and, um, but also I was coming from a world where they were experts in that world, but they're not experts in this. Right. And so just learning those different standards. So what I'm going to tell you is, is if you're going through a project like this and you're just starting, um, if you want the freaking tile, get the freaking tile. If that's the look you want. Okay. <laughs> um, and if you find a mattress that is comparable to one, don't like, like get the freaking mattress if it saves you money. Um, don't like those decisions are just, I mean, it's going to lead us into like, what well, another thing we want to talk about today is like decision fatigue, right? Yeah. Like stop wasting time and stop wasting everyone else's time as well. And stressing yourself and other people out because it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. So you can always replace it later. I mean, I know that it would cost, you're paying for it twice, but like there are very few things that are truly permanent and so you live and learn and, um, but yeah, that's a perfect segue into decision fatigue. So, um, that came up for me this morning in a conversation that I was having with some friends and we had a really great discussion about it. Um, and so I just, I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but, um, I like to remind myself that decision-making ability is something that decreases as the day goes on. So the, the later in the day it is, you, you actually deplete your ability to make sound decisions, which is why I end up eating ice cream if I stay up till 11 o'clock. Um, so, so, um, you'll see a lot of like high profile people, um, wear pretty much the same outfit every day. Um, Barack Obama, for example. And, um, I think, um, uh, Hormozy is the other one. Um, just, just making sure that like, that's not a decision they have to make in the morning. And then we talked about like eating the same thing for breakfast every day, or, um, my mom likes to give me a hard time and she feels really bad for my kids because they eat the same school. They, they eat not hot lunch, not at school, but they, they like have the same lunch in their lunchbox that they take to school every single day. And like the menu is chosen at the beginning of the school year and you're getting the same thing every day because then we don't have to have discussions about like, Oh, can I swap my sandwich for this? Well, now I don't have enough protein anymore or whatever it is. So, um, so I wanted to just chat today a little bit about like once make, once I've made a decision, and someone else brings me a new idea of like, oh, well, have you considered this brand of security cameras for your property? I'm like, wait a minute. I already went down this road. I already made my decision. Why am I opening my mind back up to this possibility? I already explored all of the options just because this is the new shiny object. Like, doesn't mean that it's necessarily better. And is it healthy for me to take time to go back to that and rethink that decision? I've already, I've already narrowed it down. I've already made a decision. Same thing with my PMS. Um, those kinds of things, like what, what property management software I'm going to use. Um, and so for you, like, it sounds like you're sometimes dealing with similar things. Like what, what things have you, what strategies have you used to either automate decisions so that it's a canned response? You already know it's going to be, it's like already pre-programmed or, um, you know, just to, just to avoid decision fatigue. How is that for you? Yeah. So I think for us, it's, it kind of just goes back to the standard. And so like, for me trying to keep it like super simplistic, uh, especially in a big project, like just as an example for this, um, we have our list of things that we consistently use, um, including mattresses, whatever. And 
that's what we've gone with. And so I'm like, I don't have the time. So it's like, I just automate it. Like if it's not on this list then it's not an approved item that we know that we've been for, then we're not going for it. Um, unless of course, like when it came down to furniture and stuff. And then ultimately it came down to when it comes down for me on like other big decisions. Um, it's kind of like, um, if it's not a brand that I've ever heard of, um, then like for, again, as an example, then I'm probably not going to use it. Um, so I'm just like, there could be something very shiny that's new that is cheaper, but is it reliable? And so I'm just, I'm that person that's like, I will spend more money to get something that I know will be reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for me as well, I think on decisions, it's, um, I am, I am also that person that does not want to spend hours and hours looking and researching something. So I will be the person that like dedicates and says like, okay, like today I will like, I will view the differences between like these three products. For example, if we like for a PMS system for our hotel. And so that's a property management software for those who may not know. Um, It's like, these are the options. And we, we usually narrow ourselves down to three and then we will say, we're going to spend an hour and we'll dive into that. And then after that, like we will ultimately come out with like two that we will then choose from, and we're not going to overcomplicate it. Ultimately it's like, at that point we have the questions and if they can't meet that criteria that we have come up with in the research, then um, it makes our decision very easy. So um, I, I just don't, I don't have the time because of everything that we're in. And so it just makes it so much faster to just say like, nope, like we, these are the three, that's it. If they can't check the boxes, then they're out. And the one that checks the most boxes is in. So um, that's it's sort I, of like having a buy box for real yeah. estate, right? Like yes. you do, you do the decision-making once on the front end, like this is what I'm looking for. And here's, here's how I've determined that. Like I've done, I've done the research to determine I want this type of investment in this location with this many bedrooms, blah, blah, blah. And I've already done that research that that's, that's the thing that I think is going to cash flow the best or whatever my strategy is. And then if it doesn't meet the criteria, don't spend time on it. Like spending time trying to fit the square peg into the round hole, if you will. Like, I really like this particular whatever it is, whether you're looking at property management software, whether you're looking at a house to purchase, like, I really like it though. I get a good vibe, but it doesn't fit in my box. So can I like make it fit? It's, I feel like I try, I try not to do that. Um, and then you talked about not really enjoying shopping around for things. I do enjoy that. And so I feel like that is an easy procrastination, which is why I have to limit myself. Like, no, Carrie, you've already made the decision on what type of cameras please don't reopen that box. It's done. It's decided. Like you may as well click order because we're not like, you're not allowed to spend more time on that because that would be a really fun way for me to spend my time instead of doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, uh, I'm trying to eliminate the, the procrastination methods. So, yeah. And I think that I, I think that especially like, I mean, cause we're talking about investments here, right? So like whether it's, like actually analyzing an investment or it's also, um, you know, when you have purchased an investment, making the decisions that go into it, um, there come for us, it's more about like time, time blocking to make 
like have the time to make those decisions and like do the analysis. But then after that, it's like, if it's something that you have to spend too much time on in the beginning, is that the way that it's also going to be throughout the rest of the project? True. True. Right. It's so not like, a yes. It's a no. Yes, exactly. And so I think that I feel like very much that is exactly how we have decided to, and how, how we've basically lived through this business is like, if it, if it doesn't feel right and it's not easy to just say, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Then it's probably something that doesn't fit. And it's mm -hmm. probably going to be something that you do have to force um, the rest of the time, which is usually not the best option. So, right. right. Yeah. That's so true. So true. Um, there was one other thing you wanted to share today. This is our, this is our last topic. You yeah. wanted to talk about um, just normalizing what investors go through. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear what you have to say. Go. Yeah. So we, uh, so we talked a little bit about this before. I know Carrie, when we, when we give updates, because we just want to keep it real with like everything that's going on because it's not all kosher and it's, um, it's definitely not perfect. It's not sunshine and rainbows, but, um, so I want to talk about like how nice it is to like, I'm going and like, I'm actually, I've actually like attended, um, this new, um, business networking event that they have weekly where I live. And, um, I'm, I'm meeting other investors, other business owners, um, which are not in the same investment class that I'm in. Um, not even the same business. Um, but what has been nice, um, is not only that it's also, um, going and touring a lot of these places that we've been to and, and working with people that, um, you know, are in the same um, class as well, is that no matter where you look, everybody's going through the same thing. Um, we have friends and we've had like a lot of conversations with, um, I mean, multiple people in our group that we're a part of that are currently raising money for projects and they're having issues raising money. And we're having, you know, we have a few spots left open on our investment. And so like, and to, but what has been encouraging to see is that like, we go to some of these places and they still have slots open for investment, but they have been resilient enough to say, you know what? Like, that's okay. We have enough money to open up this much availability um, so that we can. Like phase one of construction is done. Yeah. Let's open that part. Right. Yes, okay. Exactly. Like, Hey, you know what? Phase one is going to be that we're going to open 20, and we're going to have everybody come in and enjoy this space. And we're going to invite them to come back for when it's done. Um, and that people are actually going and people are getting value out of it and they are loving it and they're having a great experience and they are coming back and they're recommending it to other people, even though they're not completely done with the project. So what I'd like to normalize is, is that's normal. It is so normal for not everything to be worked out in the beginning. It is mm -hmm. so normal for this to be new to you and for it's okay that it's new to you and that you haven't figured your way through it yet to be okay in, in, in being okay to open only part, to, to accept it in phases, to offer a fabulous product that may not be finished. And, right. um, because I mean, that's ultimately like, it gave us so much confidence to come back because we do have two spots open on our investment left. So if you're looking for an investment, hit me up. Um, if you got some money to park somewhere, 
Um, but it's just, it was just so much confidence we came back with and said, you know what, look, we are going to open 20 rooms and we are going to let people come in for apple picking season and the finish out whitewater rafting. Um, and they're going to have a great pay, great place to stay. And we're going to offer this amazing experience. We're going to get amazing reviews. And then in another month, um, we're going to come out and we're going to open the rest of the hotel and we're going to have a smash party and it's going to be amazing grand opening. And we're going to have great community around us for this, um, because, um, everybody is so excited about it. And you know what? We're excited too. And we're just tired of waiting to share this thing with everybody. And it's okay that we're not done because everybody else just wants to get a piece of it too. And so, um, so yeah, so our biggest update right now is we are soft opening on October 2nd, uh, for people to come out and rent a room. Congrats. I know. That's thank so you. exciting. Yes. Yeah. So we have 20 rooms open. Our cafe is almost done. Um, and yeah, we'll be finishing out our last 15 rooms and um, the gym so that people will have uh, those amenities to use too. But but we're really excited and we're really excited just to share all of our hard work and and everything with people. And I just wanted I just wanted to talk about that. Like it's just so normal. And but I mean, we've talked about this before, Carrie, that people think that because you are investing in real estate, you've got it all figured out. And because, you know, you have this, you own this massive property that you've got enough money to just do whatever you want. You've got this money that, you know, whatever. But the reality of it is, is that everybody's working through it. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and I know you like, you specifically said like, we don't want this to be like smoke and mirrors, like, Oh, everything's fine. When it's not really fine. Like, I mean, I have people ask me a lot. They're so sweet. And they're like, how are things going at your property? And and we're so excited for you. How's it going? And I'm like, yeah, I'm still just working on my loan. Cause those take a long time. So yeah. there's, and, and it's almost like embarrassing sometimes, but I don't want them to stop asking. Cause it, it tells me they're excited and supportive and encouraging, but like, it's like, oh yeah, I have nothing to report. No, <laughs> I, don't even know. I think that in my, in our experience, like that's what investors want. And investors are so tired of putting their money somewhere and not having communication and not knowing what's going right. on and not getting the ghosted by the, by the person managing the project. Mm -hmm. And, and like, we're just here to give you the real update. We're here to give you the real look at what is going on. And like, so we're being open and honest, like, look, like, we have 15 rooms that we have to finish, but that's going to take more money. So we're looking for people to bring some money into our deal. So if you have money, bring me money. Um, and, but the real thing is, is like, you know what, we're, we're going to open this up and we're going to try to make, we're going to go ahead and try to like get our investor returns back quicker than, you know, than, than promised. Yeah. Than, yeah. And, and then wait, then waiting until we, can have everything perfect to right. completely open. And I think that's what investors want to hear. They want to hear that like we are working hard and we see that, you know, we haven't finished that piece yet and that we are ready and we're willing to do what's needed to get their money back faster. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's good. That's so good. And good for you for just like pivoting and doing what needs to be done to get those rooms open. And I saw a sneak peek video and they're beautiful. So I'm sure everyone can stay tuned for that. 
Yes, yes. Uh, we'll be posting something out, but if you guys want to do catch um, some sneak peeks, you can go on to the Mallard Hotel on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and uh, our website is actually launching in about a week. So, um, yeah, I will definitely share everything. So excited for you. Yes. Well, that's kind of all we have today, but this yes. was such a fun update. Um, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, guys, if you are listening out there and you want to hear the rest of our episodes, you can go on to She Invest. We're on Apple, Spotify, uh, and we also have a YouTube channel. Um, you can find us at She Invest on all platforms. Awesome. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great day. Bye.